What's up, y'all? I want to mention our sponsor, Audible.com. You really you should check out what they have over there. It's it's really good, and I'm not just saying that for the sake of saying that because I'm advertising. Uh, you can play their books on your iPhone, Kindle Fire, Windows Phone, and over 500 varieties of MP3 players. And as always, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial by visiting www.audiblepodcast.com slash shotsfired. That's audiblepodcast.com slash S-H-O-T-S-F-I-R-E-D. Shots fired. What's up? This is Jeff Weiss. You're tuning into Shots Fired, a podcast about hip-hop and zoo animals. We're about to have on Bonobo in a little bit, a.k.a. Simon Green, a musician who records from the Ninja Tune label. He's got a new album out called The North Borders that's amazing. comes out on Ninja Tune on April 1st. And I'm sitting here next to... A man in the delicious vinyl beanie, a- an artist. He's drawing right now as we speak. No can do the rapper. No can do the, the hungover. Painter. The hungover. How was low in theory last night? It was great. It was amazing. Uh, last night, Monopoly, Astronautica, and Milo performed. Yeah. And you know, it was one of those nights where like these are three acts, and they're not like the top bill act. No, it was a but that like I was sitting at home yeah. writing an art getting high off my ass writing an article about dub reggae and fucking curse. I'm like looking at Twitter and being like fuck. Yeah, it was because it was like one of those things where it was like new guys and like, you know, and they're just solid. All of them are just That's solid. Astronautica's new album. I I actually did a column on her in LA Weekly. Yeah. Self-aggrandizing shout out and yeah. uh, check out the bizarre I column. Yeah. And uh no, it's really good though. It's uh, I was impressed. Yeah, definitely for a debut album. And I hear M- Milo, last week's guest. Yeah, killed it. Yeah, he murdered that shit. Dude. Had young kids taking off their tank tops. <laughs> yeah, no, kids came in tank tops with tank tops under their tank tops. Tattoos of tank tops. With tattoos of tank tops, just to like be a part of the fanfare. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, so yeah, I don't know what. Uh, tell me a little bit about this episode that you know so much about that you've re- we've we've both been researching this for weeks. Well, we got this guy Bonobo on, and what I know about Bonobo monkeys is, they say, well, it's it's, it's like it's like the the dwarf chimpanzee, right? Yeah. And they're uh, they uh, they're promiscuous, and they you know they don't like more promiscuous than any other monkey. They say we come from, which makes sense because like every guy's girlfriend like is a fan of Bonobo. Yeah. Like it, it goes down the line. Like yeah. you will ask a man, like you're like, and like that's how I heard about it was from an ex girlfriend. She was like, "Have you heard Bonobo?" And I was like, "No." Yeah. It's orgy music. It's yeah. Zilla Rocca, shout out to Zilla, his girlfriend. Big bonobo fan. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's girlfriend is a bonobo fan. Not my girlfriend. Not your girlfriend. <laughs> no, your wife. She's into Emily Sunday. What is your wife into? Uh Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. Emily Sunday. Uh not Lupe Fiasco. Not the no. <laughs> she off Lupe? No, yeah. Uh she's into uh Schoolboy Q. She's into Glee. No, she doesn't like Schoolboy Q. She doesn't Q. like Schoolboy Q. No, nah, I don't my, think I don't think any women like Schoolboy nah, Q. No, my girlfriend is a huge Schoolboy Q fan. See, All I, she I, wants to do is listen to There You Go. Really? That's every time. I think that's like white women versus black women. Like Schoolboy Q is a little bit too aggressive for All her. she wants to do is listen to that and Pyramids by Frank Ocean. Now that <laughs> is where they all meet. She like yeah. She all she wants to do is twerk to those two songs. Yeah, at parties. She's twerking at the pyramid tonight. If yeah. I ever hear, hear that song, have you ever heard that in a strip club? Gentle, gentleman's club. I have to say no, and I, I think it'll make all the strippers sad. All the strippers <laughs> get sad. Yeah, no, not at the white strippers. 
No. <laughs> I can just see everyone like lamenting like ancestors. Like, like yeah. uh, the Jewish strippers though might get sad because you know obviously they were working at they were also working at the pyramid. Yeah. I hear that song and I get sad. I don't know, but I always think about like my ancestors. Like if they were working at the pyramid, like I imagine them like just in the corner, just like rolling their eyes and just being oh, <laughs> another day with this limestone. This is yeah. exhausting. <laughs> like when do we get a lunch break? They're like it's nine thirty in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like. I don't know. I think I would have been... They would have just been the most malcontent Hebrew slaves in the entire world. I don't know how long that that that, that period lasted, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, because Jews would be the worst. Like, well, they would just complain and not... I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't... I don't know. I think we're stepping into dangerous Yeah, territory. I don't know. Black people do this, Jewish people <laughs> do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I... <laughs> Like we got this, <laughs> and that's the intro, guys. And that's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you're too, um, too, too early, Cody. Too early. Yeah, this is too early. early. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm like one step away from being blackballed from the world of journalism. Even man. then, even these puns are just horrible. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, Dude, I had go. so much whiskey last night. That's like real talk. Guys. Really? So, oh yeah, yeah. I had so much whiskey, and like. And uh, I met uh, what's the, what's the dude's name? Um, uh, uh, Doc Mc uh, Doc McKinney, the guy who produced The Weekend and like oh. Estero back in the day. And well, like, actually, like, the Zodiac, the dude Zodiac produced the first Weekend record, which is the best one, and he's the, dope. the first one. The first one, yeah. He's okay. he's he's the secret. He's the secret. He's the secret. He's and the then he was the subsequently Swag Dracula. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they just took it to somebody with better equipment, I think. Yeah, basically. <laughs> They're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, how was your conversation with him? It was cool. He's, he's a cool, cool 41 year old guy. He's 41 years old and producing The Weeknd? Yeah, you know. Yeah. All the producers that I know that are good producers are older. and But they're old guys that, like, still, like, like he reminds me of my homie Ike, who produces rock bands. Like, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's, he's old, but. You can still, I don't know, he, he still talks like a young dude. Like, have you ever seen, I saw on, like, Tabitha Smiley, I saw, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Freaking, uh, great producer, produced, like, uh, a lot of the stuff, not, uh, a lot of the Motown stuff or uh, Michael Jackson stuff. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. I've heard of his work. <laughs> yeah, you, you've heard of this guy. Yeah. But, you know, like, Didn't when you think Tupac Quincy Jones. Tupac his daughter? Tupac did date his daughter, and his other daughter is on uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah, Yeah. Rashida Jones. When you think Quincy Jones, you think, like, you know, like, some, like, super, like, you know, me, since he's so famous and accredited and acclaimed, you think, like, just, like, some godlike entity, but really he's just, like, a super regular dude. Yeah, do you know why Tupac had beef with him? Wait, Tupac had beef with Quincy Jones? Tupac had beef with him. Did he have beef with Quincy Jones? No, because he said he dated too many white women. That's what Quincy Jones no, said? No, Tupac said that about Quincy Jones. Oh, yeah? And then Rashida, who was like 16 or 17, she I was like... Who was like one-eighth. She, she wrote into like Source or Vibe, like going in, like being like, you don't even know him. And then Tupac actually dated Quincy Jones' other daughter later on yeah. and then apologized to Quincy Jones. Oh, like, that's, how, that's how you open it up, though. Like, then you, <laughs> you like you, first you disrespect him and then you say, you know what? I was wrong. Let's be friends. Can I fuck your daughter? Yeah. You and know? the next thing you know... Then she gets that thug life tatted on her chest. Yeah, mourning him forever. Um, anyways, well, we should bring in uh, Bonobo, Simon Green, and uh, maybe we'll take a break first right now. What time? I mean, how long have we been on? It's like too early for a break. Maybe like five minutes. Uh huh. So so no break. So give. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I need a break. Jeff, give. That's a, why, yeah, all right. So so Bonobo's from London. I'm a big fan. 
of Lon- like you know London rap, you know, and yeah. all the grime stuff. Yeah, I'm so, not a big fan of. I only like yeah, yeah. No, not much. I like Kalashnikov. If you tell me you like the streets, I'm gonna. Be I, like, I did like. Face. I did like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I did like the streets, but now his. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. He had a nice moment. I mean, I don't know. I never really. I never like. I can't get past like the accent. Mm-hmm. Like it just. I like like it rapping, but I could never like. I don't know something about British rap. It's just like it's not. I mean, you have to. I think you have to approach it like it's not hip hop. It's it's its own thing in and of itself. It's like you know, grime is not really hip hop. Like there's rapping, but it's not hip hop. Yeah, you know, it's, that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. And the beats are also like I think more. I mean, the beats are probably like, more closer to the low and theory beats. Speaking, I, of, speaking of not hip-hop, Soldier Boy had the best reply to, like, hip-hop peers way back in the day. He said something like, all you guys, you know, these guys say that, you know, my music is not hip-hop. Well, I listen to my records, and I listen to you guys' records, and I'm like, yeah, this is something different. The end. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, what's it? I mean, I don't know. They're, like, the funny thing about it, like, I mean, we were talking about that the other episode, but it's like, I mean, <laughs> like, real hip-hop is like, what, disco? <laughs> you know? Like, wow. Like, I mean, cheap good times? I mean, Grandmaster Flash might as well be, like, electro-funk. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, even, like, there is no such thing. I mean, what is it? It could be soul jazz. I mean, actually, Bonobo, he, he does a lot of cool stuff with uh, jazz. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to him about Donald Byrd. Who Donald just Bird died. passed away. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Donald Byrd. R.I.P. Donald Byrd, and just the, you know, there's there's like an interesting, I think, intersection. I think the British people, like uh, British producers, often kind of like they, they they were pulling from a lot more genres when maybe like America, you know, with the exception of in the last decade. Dilla. You would, yeah, Dilla, <laughs> Dilla had, yeah, yeah, you're right. American producers just like <laughs> all Dilla, all yeah. everything. But yeah, we should bring him in, talk about nonsense, his life, yeah. his music. How was your week, man? And even though this is the same week <laughs> last, last episode, how was your week? We didn't talk too much about my, uh, it's what my you, week. What you been up to? Yeah, um, I don't even remember. I don't. I, I don't even like. I think I did drugs on the weekend. Oh, for sure. I did. I did. You know. I, you know. I you took did. some moon rocks. Moon rocks. <laughs> yeah, I took some moon rocks. Where do you get moon rocks? There's a. I can't say his name on the air. It was. It was, it was my girlfriend's birthday party, and that shit was stressful. So I had to. Uh, you know, I had to get a cake. No, yeah. like all her friends like yeah. running around and I'm like oh, older and you I like, felt like so old <laughs> was, when it's your girlfriend's birthday you become a personal assistant I like yeah I got like a red velvet cake and like drove it all around the city and then like the, they're all like we're getting all this moon rocks and cocaine and I was like what the fuck is a moon rock? A moon rock is <laughs> you, actually Katie Bain wrote an article in the LA Weekly about it, and it was kind of funny because like I, bath salts. It, it, no, it's like it's like pure MDMA, like. But you know, it's like, like it's so molly? funny. It's so funny because like I feel like ecstasy keeps on going to the next level, where it's like it keeps on getting more pure. So it's like, all right, it was ecstasy, and they're like, no, that's dirty. Now we're gonna get Molly, and then it's gonna go to uh, to moon rocks, and it's like they look like fucking moon rocks. They're like these like little tiny tiny pebbles. Yeah. And, you know, and the other most annoying, so, like, we ended up, I don't do coke, but, um, like, all her friends were doing coke, and I was like, all right, I'll do, you know, some moon rocks or whatever. And the most annoying thing that I realized is, like, every time now anybody does any kind of ecstasy, they're quoting Trinidad James, and it's driving me fucking (laughs) insane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Explain that. (laughs) okay so like all right so like uh, my girlfriend has like a gay best friend and like he every time and like i know he doesn't listen to rap like he just doesn't like we've never had a conversation about any any like he listens to like really cheesy like edm music and like like britney spears you know gay guys love beyonce 
Yeah, and Britney Spears. Like, they love... I mean, I don't know. I don't want to make generalizations, but he certainly loves Britney Spears. And because I had to hear that in the car. And... But then, like, somehow, <laughs> Trinidad Jane... And I'm, like, sitting there in the back, like, what the... F-? And I'm, like, it's her birthday. It's her birthday. Just let her have one night. <laughs> and, like, you know, and then... uh yeah, no, so it was uh, listening to Britney Spears. And then, so, like, everyone the whole time is like, pop to Molly, I'm sweating, woo! And I'm like, oh, just stop that! Yeah. Speaking of Trinidad James, he, they, they put out a remix for All Gold Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's with Jeezy and T.I. and uh, 2 Chainz. Oh, the old guys. And 2 Chainz. Let's get all the old guys. Yeah, no, but the best part about it is two Ch- or, uh, Trinidad James doesn't rap on the song. Really? <laughs> he doesn't rap on the remix. He's is just it, there. He almost official for remix? It's an official remix? It's They just did a video. I also realized why I like 2 Chainz, by the way. I realized this last night. I've come around fully on 2 Because Chains. he has black diamonds and backpack rhyming. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of it. But yeah. I think um, I realized he's like the RZA, like circa 99, 2000, like when he was like kind of on a lot of dust and be like, Glocko Pop era. And he's like, Glocko Pop. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, Brooklyn Babies. And 2 Chains, just every time I would listen, I would just be high and I would just start cracking up. Yeah. Like I could not stop laughing. And that's what 2 Chains does to me. Like everything he says, I just start laughing. Yeah. Uh, Two Chains, me, me and Marcel were talking about this the other day. Two Chains does this thing that like we used to get when we listened to like the Slim Shady LP back in the day, where they like for a rapper, when yeah. you, you hear things that like fuck. I wish I would have said that yeah, first, totally. and not like you know like it's it, it's but the obvious things like the MM line was like you know people see that I'm white ignoring skill because I stand out like a green hat with an orange bill. It's like why that's yeah. not like some amazing cannabis fucking metaphysical totally. quintuple entendre. It's not it's not yeah. that. Yeah. But it's just like it's just hard hitting straight to the point and Yeah. Uh, or it's and, like you know it's like no the, one would have thought of it except the line for the that writer. always like, where he's like he's like I'm so high like an addict. I'm yeah. so high addict. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, oh my God, that's so brilliant, but yeah. so stupid at the same time. Or that's turn up collard greens. Yeah. I eat turn up greens. I eat collard greens. I never thought of putting that and it, you know, I say turn up. I never yeah. thought about putting those two together. He also kind of looks like the RZA too, like really tall, like lanky. Yeah. I mean, they take away the hair, obviously, but they're they're both the same age. We need to have a we need to have a show about like rapper heights. There's there's yeah. there's like a nine, two chains, Charlie Tuna, Micah nine, <laughs> two chains, Snoop Dogg, Jay Z, like all these ra- rappers that are really, Ghostface really Killers, Ghostface. Big. Yeah, but all the dudes that you want to kick it with are usually tall yeah. dudes. Yeah, and all the guys that you like. Don't want to kick it with, but like like to listen to their music. What is Lupe like Fiasco? Kendrick, four, six? he's probably. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking like the good guys are like yeah, good, like Kendrick, yeah. you know, freaking uh, Schoolboy. They're all short. Schoolboy, M, Rascass, all the yeah. all the mega lyrical, yeah. like the little ego maniacs. Cannabis is really little. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I don't even know, but yeah. measure cannabis. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him over five two. I wouldn't give him over four. Little eight. Wayne is like five three. Exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to kick it with Little Wayne. Even if you, too much energy. Fuck Chris Bosh's wife. You should not say that. On like he should like if I. I mean, something's like not good gonna happen with that. Why? Like Chris Bush, Chris Bosh. I mean, Chris Bosh has to have people, right? He's in the NBA. He's making you. You can pay for people when you have fifteen million dollars a year. I don't think he's tripping, man. You know, you know, if, you know, if you marry a groupie, you know, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Touche, <laughs> touche. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, I think uh, Simon's waiting outside, so we're gonna take a break right now. We'll come back, bring in Bonobo, Simon Green. Shots fired. Shots fired. Yo, what's up? You guys should check out and get an Audible account. They're sponsoring our show today and getting us paid. So please help us out. In addition to their massive selection of book titles, they've developed something called Whisper Sync. And that lets you switch from listening to reading and back again. And you can always pick up where you left out. 
and it synchronizes your bookmarks on all devices registered to your account. So you can access your book across multiple Kindles or audio players, and you don't have to miss a single word. You can also check out Audible's brand new iPad app. Download it from iTunes right now. You'll also get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial by visiting www.audiblepodcast.com slash shots fired. That's audiblepodcast.com slash S-H-O-T-S-F-I-R-E-D. I'd like to recommend a book called The Big Payback by Dan Charnis. It's available on audiblepodcast.com. You should definitely check it out. It's a history of hip-hop in the music industry. It's pretty much the most definitive book possible for business stories about def early def jam sugar hill all the way up to everything in the mid 90s loud records wu-tang how they did it stories behind it dan charnas great journalist also produced the quest the mad lad record if you're a hip-hop dork listening to that you probably recognize that if not you're like what the fuck are you talking about anyways you should check it out at audiblepodcast.com we are back this is shots fired and we're sitting with bonobo that's all. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? How's, yeah. how's LA treating you thus far? Yeah, good. It's only been a few hours, but it's already, you know. You just got off the plane from where? I was actually I was actually out in Honolulu playing a show last weekend and stuck around for a few days and mm-hmm. got smashed around in the waves for a little while. That's cool. But yeah, it kind of beats being in minus 11 in Brooklyn. Yeah. What yeah. made you move? It doesn't kind of beat it. What made you move to uh to Brooklyn from London? Um kind of a few reasons like um I don't know, I kinda had the, I I guess I just had an opportunity to live somewhere else and I just felt like that was mm. seemed like a good I mean I didn't want to like look back and say I could have I could have lived in New York and I didn't. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, plus I've kind of I like you know, I love the city anyway. Um and I guess I'm kind of playing out in the US a fair amount and it's not that far. It's the same distance to LA as it is to London. So I still yeah. got a foot in the UK, and I kind of head back every few months. And I've got, you know, I'm kind of, kind of got a re- sort of residencies in, in uh, like Berlin and Paris and London. So I'm kind of, Berlin I'm is kind of happy right now. Huh? Berlin is nuts now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That every time, I, you know, each time I go there, it's just kind of more and more kind of, just you know, just these they just build on what's what's happening out there mm-hmm. a little bit more each time i'm out yeah it's a crazy place how are like the uh like electronic music scenes different in every like a, like a berlin versus a london versus like a new york i mean i think it's it's down to the kind of it's down to these sort of micro genres more i mean berlin's always been a techno city mm-hmm. um and i think it's that minimal house sound which i mean obviously like in the 90s you had that kind of more more sort of like stripped down aggressive techno stuff you had like trezor and those kind of places Mm. but that sort of gave way to a much more sort of i guess a more sort of high-tech smoother kind of that minimal house thing Mm -hmm. um that's what i noticed with like music like if it's if something's turned up like the kids that come after they just do the opposite it's always the opposite it's (laughs) like when gangsters came in and they had baggy pants and the next generation was like skinny jeans yeah but it's it's never like a gradual no it's It's like one day you look up and these new there's a new new guard that's like i'm not doing what those guys did yeah it's like a pendulum you know it's the same with the you know it's it's like the same with the, the atlantic there's kind of yeah something will happen in the u.s and then it will influence something in the uk which will then go back and influence something in the U.S. and it just keeps swinging backwards and forwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what were you first uh, as a music? Was it was it jazz? Was it hip hop? Electronic? Yeah, it was kind of. I, I guess it was hip hop first, and then through that I kind of found jazz and new, you know, sort of rare groove and you know it's kind of a classic thing of of 
tracing back the samples and discovering yeah what the sort you know what they were flipping in these in these tunes what was what were your favorite uh, rap groups or rappers i mean i guess it was that kind of early 90s native tongues uh-huh. kind of era so, i mean obviously tribe was a big one yeah um well, a serious question. What was your favorite album? Was it Low in Theory? Was it Low in Theory or was it Midnight Marauders? I think it must have been Midnight Marauders. Midnight Marauders. I I just because, you know. So does that mean Lupe Fiasco is your favorite rapper? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that means? Uh, <laughs> is that what it should mean? Yeah. <laughs> he never listened to that. We just, we just kind of poke fun of, I poke fun of Lupe well, Fiasco I just, every I, chance I can get. I'm so. just a sheep and I like to make fun of things. So I'll just go <laughs> along with it. Yeah, um, yeah Midnight Marauders. Yeah, I was more of a low in theory guy. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, it's, it's all good, really, yeah, isn't it? It is. You it's cool. Sort of, you know, you yeah. can't really pit them against each no. other in a sort of. No. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I'm yeah. gonna be totally honest. I didn't like it. That, that was like that it. was the music that my mother listened to. Really? And like, it was like cool for her. I just wanted to listen to like the gangster rap she wouldn't let me listen to. Yeah. So like every time that happy stuff came on. Really? <laughs> I like both. Really? Oh, I lo- yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Uh, they used to play that all the time. I remember like at dances, like it'd be like scenario followed by like nothing but a G thing. Yeah. It's a glory. Yeah. Glorious era. It was and, like, really tried, and uh, Cool Like That by Diggable Planets. Like, you know, it was, I like, like Cool Like That. That was a tight song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were good. Like the second, did you ever hear the second uh, Diggable Planets album? Oh, uh, maybe, maybe. Blowout comb. Blowout comb. Yeah, it's amazing. You, okay, you should, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. They were. It was. It was really angry. Yeah. So like it. It was like kind of militant. Well, which kind of makes sense because he's doing the Shabazz Palace stuff today, which is pretty militant too. And uh, I was like, yeah, like yeah. Anyways, so well, I mean, was it? How did like hip hop kind of filter to England at that time? Um, I guess the same way as everywhere. I mean, it was. It, it had less kind of. I guess in the UK, people could relate as you know, it wasn't sort of something you could actually. Yeah relate to so much but i mean i was kind of into a lot of um and i guess like alternative kind of indie rock as well at the mm-hmm. time like you know like sebado and yeah that kind of you know i was a skater around that time but that hip-hop thing it just all filtered through you know there was stuff there wasn't much happening that there wasn't much exciting things happening in the uk at uh-huh. that time yeah it was, kind it was of like, like Britpop, right the, yeah, it was a little bit before Britpop. It was kind of like shoegaze indie rock, you know. Oh, yeah. just, but like you know, by bloody Valentine, obviously, like now everyone's going nuts about. Mm. But at the time, they were still kind of very like it was. It was all pretty obscure and that, that kind like of kitchen like, room um, distinction. And, like, yeah, or like and yeah, revolver, yeah. yeah, ride revolver. Those, yeah. those kind of bands. So it was all just really kind of droney. Yeah. So I think that kind of hip hop thing, and there's more. There seems to be more energy coming out of the US music uh-huh. around that time. I mean, that kind of shifted a few years later, but. I think that was just kind of what people were into, you know. But there was that idea of marrying that kind of punk aesthetic with the with the sample, yeah, aesthetic, and the, and you know that. Is that what you you're saying? That's what was happening in London. Like you married the punk aesthetic with the. Well, I think that was kind of more the appeal for. Uh, people were more into the areas where that was happening. I think you know, oh, especially yeah. like Paul's Boutique being a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of idea of kind of getting all of these hodgepodge of cultures and just smashing them all together sort of you know the whole punk skate thing and then the hip hop thing and yeah. the turntablism mm-hmm. and having that all up and I think that just uh, that influenced a lot of stuff that came after it as well. I mean I guess both sides the Atlantic that happened. Yeah. yeah so when did you and then you got into when did you start like making music I guess around um, mid 90s because um, I was doing stuff on four tracks I was just kind of mm-hmm. messing around with guitars and effects but I was getting more into the idea of sort of layering up stuff than actually being in bands yeah and i think getting an uh it's like an akai s950 sampler mm-hmm. 
Did you um, like decide to work by yourself because people are shitty, or just because <laughs> you couldn't find a band? <laughs> no, that was it. There's always a, yeah. It was kind of kind of both. Yeah, I mean, I could find yeah. bands, but people would you know you'd kind of you'd be playing like for two hours and then you'd end up just disagreeing and then you'd yeah. be like, this and then someone like really likes Oasis too much and then yeah, you're just like, <laughs> someone's just trying to get too slappy on the bass and you're like, nah, this isn't what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. just like, nah, I just need to, I need to like find a way to do this myself and just kind of, you know, be more, yeah. be more kind of, uh, you know, it's a less sociable way of doing it, but you know, the music ends up being and then so like I'm sure like Massive Attack and Portishead were like kind of absolutely up at that yeah time. yeah but definitely the stuff that was happening on Mo Wax and even uh -huh. Ninja at that time yeah what um, was Ninja putting out at that time what 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 years are we talking about exactly this is like this would have been like uh, sort of moving on like Nightmares of Wax yeah moving on a bit like uh, 95 I guess okay. 95 96 okay 95 um, 96 so yeah Mo Wax was a uh, wall of sound was breaking through and those people I like Dorado as well mm -hmm. which was a really good um there's that there, I wasn't into that whole acid jazz thing that was happening, uh -huh. but there was bits of it. There's like Giles Peterson's label Talking Loud, which was doing Giles Peterson, the dude from the radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's kind of a big, you know, a, a pretty big kind of influence okay. from from like radio perspective. Yeah. We're just we're just talking about Donald Byrd and because uh, Giles Peterson actually was the one who unearthed that there was a, a 1973 live in Montreux set that just uh, he basically asked Blue Note. They're like, I guess there was a DVD of it out of his live at Montreux set, but it was never you know I don't think right. released on CD. And he asked about it, and they're like, oh, we just have it in our vaults for. 40 years and they just put it up on the internet ah, last week from talking from talking loud i guess yeah probably yeah yeah, yeah. wow so, are you a big donald bird i mean like yeah i mean it's kind of uh yeah yeah definitely yeah i yeah. have over sort of ca casual donald bird fan i guess yeah i mean he, i think tribe didn't they they sampled him for yeah yeah a couple times yeah yeah they did I can't at least once. once it was but. yeah I was forget. Um, I'm like the worst at that. Like I'm like that's what we were talking about. How we're like post cognitive now because we can't remember anything. Yeah, <laughs> like we're just like, but we can Google it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help to be on your shit or know anything anyway. Cause doesn't no help. No one things intimidates people. Doesn't help. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it's best to be like, I don't know. I, don't know. I just did. Uh, smoke yeah. myself retarded. Yeah, which I did. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah, can you do? It can happen. See, it's kind of <laughs> weird now because I've, I've noticed with this podcast is that the people that leave comments, they know things. Yeah, like oh, the yeah. fans know things and we really don't know shit. So I don't know how, like, back in the day, it'd be like, if you had a radio show, you knew things and everybody else was in the dark. Yeah. Now it's like everybody is in the light and then they just get, like, two buffoons to just <laughs> talk shit about things they think. Yeah. They, they might believe me. <laughs> I whole... have strong opinions and I have no reason why I have them. It's going to be all these kind of fact checking corrections at the yeah. end it's like every article the, I ever write in the comments like, yeah. actually that's all wrong like, every time I say <laughs> every time I say real talk I'm pr probably going going to tell you something that's inaccurate if, that's, if they say real talk <laughs> I probably won't trust it's it it's just a warning that the what follows is not necessarily going to be yeah real talk I feel strongly down. about this <laughs> probably false real talk I am passionate um, so then when did you actually like to about 2001 you started like releasing music yeah well it's actually 99 the first thing mm -hmm. I put out was on uh, this kind of little label that me and a few friends out of Brighton did called Fly Casual mm -hmm. um, I think we released, released like two 12s and then the whole thing kind of fell uh -huh. apart and everyone moved to different parts of the world uh -huh. but um, yeah that was the first thing and at the same time I'd, I'd started um, playing music to Rob Louie he was he just started his label True Thoughts because mm -hmm. um, he kind of been you know he's just he was like a uh he'd been doing a lot of djing in brighton he had these nights and started this new label and he had this night phonic hoop which is kind of a weekly 
It was just kind of upstairs in the jazz rooms in Brighton, just mm-hmm. a little dingy, dingy room. But there was a good little vibe out there because Will Quantic was um, living in Brighton at the time, and he was playing stuff to, to, to Rob Louie as well. So we were just putting stuff out, and we, we'd have Phonic Hoop as our little place where we'd all just turn up with mm-hmm. CDJs and just kind of, you know, there was four of us on rotation. We'd play the whole night. We'd play two till, like, oh, no, like ten till two. Uh-huh. So you'd play, like, four hours, doors till doors. Mm-hmm. And then people what were you would, playing at this time? Um, at this time, so that the great thing about doing those long four-hour things is you could play the first hour, you could just play the most obscure, like, abstract shit ever. Mm-hmm. No one because was no there. One's yeah. there. Oh, you were yeah. playing to, like, maybe two or three people. Um, so it was a good thing, and it, it kind of is a good way to learn how to sort of operate a dance floor as well, mm-hmm. to be able to sort of judge when to start bringing things up and how to kind of judge the gauge the energy. Mm-hmm. And went to you know how to hold back, so you could really play a whole spectrum for that whole four hours. You could just play everything. Uh-huh. All right, I'm about to ask you a question that might offend you. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to punch me. <laughs> See what it is. Nah, I probably won't offend you. What's up with like Brits and CDJs, bro? Brits, <laughs> British guys and CDJ, British DJs and really? CDJs. Like US dudes don't really do that. No. I mean, I don't know too many. That <laughs> Cody's <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Cody's like, real talk. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe because I'm, I'm, I'm with like the backpack of the underground guys, yeah. you know. Well, look, I'm not really on. See, you know, I've, I've always been. I'm, I'm not judging. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not judging. <laughs> like, no, I agree. Though. Though. I agree. Though. I'm like, computers can crash. I don't know what I'm agreeing <laughs> with, but yeah, I was. I mean, I was. I, I'm vinyl from from start to finish, but I think with CDJs, you've got, you know, it's the stuff that's not being pressed yet. Mm-hmm. Do you still play vinyl out when you DJ? Yeah, well, yeah, not so much anymore because I'm on Serato now. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I used to, I mean, I actually switched from, so I was on vinyl for years and years I played vinyl, unless obviously like stuff that's come straight out of someone's studio yeah. that's not pressed. So mm-hmm. then that's when the CDJ's like CDJ. coming. That's why yeah. I saw Marianne Hobbs. She came with that big, like, huge, the big lots, yeah. the big lots fucking uh, CD the, the case. The tower? Yeah. The, not the tower. It was oh, like but the, like the, the big, case, the case, case logic coffin. Yeah. 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 yeah, and she just had yeah. like all these in and, she, and I mean, I don't know how she was doing it, but she was just like a CD back to back over and over I guess and over. that could be more sort of an emphasis on new unreleased upfront stuff. I think that could be, mm-hmm. you know, because not everything's on vinyl at the point where you want to play it, you know, it could be like... Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the stuff, you know, the half and half now is, is stuff that I'm actually buying and, and mo- well, it's mostly stuff that I'm just kind of, people are sending me from, like, download links, like you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it is. You know, that's, the, that's a whole other thing, though, record. Like the new dub play. The, de- <laughs> the, the death of the, the record zip, store. Yeah, zip, yeah, yeah. Zip file is yeah, the new yeah. dub Yeah, yeah, send play. space is the new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's the new pressing plant. You say you Somewhere a Jamaican person just died with that sentence. That but said. I mean, I used to play. I was on. So I'm on. Sor- I've been on Serato for years, but I just switched to CDJs last year because. Ah, uh, okay. See. Yeah. yeah you see. But just because, like, venues aren't looking after their turntables anymore. Yeah. So you get in there, and like this thing has been like, ru- like a lot rusting. Of built on it. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. rusting in the basement because you know, last person to use it was like four years ago mm-hmm. yeah. and then it's glitching out and it's looking like an arsehole in front of hundreds of people every night they're and paid to not, see you yeah yeah. so I'm like I'm just like well, you know I prefer to stay on turntables but I'm playing CDJs now just because they're safe mm-hmm. and yeah. they're not gonna so what know. do you think about like like the native instrument stuff what's that one called uh, tractor. tractor yeah I'm not I'm, I'm not crazy but I mean I've not even seen it but I think that kind of uh yeah, I've, I mean, I've not messed around with it, but I know there's some clubs that actually won't allow it. 
What? Yeah, I've heard of uh, some places in Germany that have banned DJs playing with tractor. Why? Which I kind of think is stupid. It's, it's down to the concert. Just um, Germany's so hard because I think yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be. I think there's some. They're rigid. There's fair yeah, real. <laughs> If they, you know, that's the, the real purists are in Germany, I think. Of the, yeah. the sort of that's the pure, what we're the calling pure, them these days. The purists. <laughs> the pure Whatever, race. I'm Jewish, I have to make an anti- Sorry, German uh, people no, who I like. I've seen that one coming. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. plenty of German yeah. good hip-hop fans that I like. There's, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's some clubs that just won't have it. Panther I don't know, I've not messed around with Tractor, though. It's kind of... Yeah. And you always... Did you always play... I mean, he plays like... Like you play like ten mandolin, guitar, upright bass, like every yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, I just vibraphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just play whatever's you know do I can you, get. A, do you teach yourself, or was there like a yeah? Thing where but you're I'm like, not. I'm not like a virtuoso at anything. Mm-hmm. I just kind of pick shit up and make you know. I can get a little melody out of it. And uh-huh. I think the thing is, you, know, you sort of if you play yourself. Re- if you record yourself playing drums for two hours, you're going to get one bar that's just perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's the kind you of same... that motherfucker. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. You could just be like, uh, making an absolute racket. Yeah. yeah. And then there's one minute where it just comes together. And even then, you can you can edit that. Yeah. 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 You know, so it's the same that I apply that to sort of most instrumentation, really. You know, I kind of... Uh, I just sort of mess around with a nylon guitar or even like a harp or whatever it is that uh-huh. just sounds nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And get you know just treat it like a sample. Yeah, that's kind of what I, that's the way I, I I work. So do you do you not sample? You pretty much are sampling yourself at this point only. Yeah, I am using. I'm still sampling, uh-huh. but I'm not sampling in the same way as I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for kind of. Uh, I'm not looking for breaks. I'm not looking for kind of. You know phrases of music to flip because I'm. Uh, I know I get more satisfaction actually writing and recording it, but I'm still looking for. I'm still using. Samples, you know, like the more obscure out there uh-huh. sounds that you can't really generate elsewhere. I want things to sound like they came from a record. Yeah, mm. yeah. they came from yeah. a time period that you're yeah. trying to like channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So yeah. I'm not trying to do that thing of just like flipping a, a you know, that. But I still, I still have a lot of, res- you know, sort of a lot of love for that. Yeah. For that sort of to that that old kind of technique of like just flipping a sample. Yeah, I was gonna say you a know a good I've, sample and a good break and totally. I was gonna I was gonna say I, I bet the most common cliche you used to describe your word is cinematic. Have, have, you, have you ever read a review where it wasn't cin- where they didn't yeah. use the word cinematic? <laughs> I've had that. Yeah, the <laughs> spacious, atmospheric, cinematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, it gets used a lot. Do you? I do you, I mean, are you a movie person? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if if in the yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Sloth and the Goonies. I hear you're a fan. Oh, really? Yeah, I was in an interview. I was, ah, uh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm nardwaring. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like yeah, I did my that? research. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I hear you like. Yeah. He's wow. texting your ex-girlfriend right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about uh, any information about my... Uh, yeah, there, so you, there was an interview where you were like, who your childhood hero, and you are like, Sloth and the Goonies. I was probably, yeah, I might have been, there might have been sort of the 10th interview of the day, and I was just making stuff Yeah, I, I feel that's, <laughs> I would do that for every interview. I don't know how musicians don't do that for every yeah. interview. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the point where The Goonies was my favourite movie. So it's, he, he had to, you know, it's an amazing movie. Hey, you guys, it was yeah. you, get, you, can, you can't, you can't forget that line. And, and you yeah. know, it was like really Corey tolerant Feldman, to like great you know. actor. Well, that movie, that scene as well made me want to like. I never been to America at that point. And I just wanted to get to America and get, have a baby Ruth. <laughs> yeah, right, after the Goonies, it was pretty much like all Mars bars. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's all these kind of like all these kind of like confectionaries that have been sort of. <laughs> referenced in kind of 80s movies when's the first time you came to the u.s like 
like would you, like yeah did you come play music or did you just come visiting or what For, uh, yeah I, first time i came out here was in uh kind of 97 i went to, to new york did you like um, almost get hit by a car walking across the street <laughs> because the, the whole other side of the road oh yeah but that, i mean that's like you know that's only in the uk you know like france is the same as that so oh, okay it's yeah. only that only that's only sort of relevant to, to the uk but i mean it's just you do that thing in new york where you just like spend the whole time just like looking up yeah and you know just walking so you're gonna get you just walk into stuff yeah walking into the street Definitely. But, um yeah, I just kind of came. I mean, the first time I came out for music was I, I actually I actually came out to Coachella like um, 2000, I think it was. With I was just like, did with, you play uh, or did you just go to? No, I just came out with, uh, with Amon Tobin. Um, mm. He's playing this week, actually. Yeah, he is playing tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. at the Fonda. music box. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tight. So um, I mean, we were friends from Brighton, so I just kind of came out as his plus one, and that was the first uh -huh. time sort of in yeah. California, and I think it was the first ever Coachella. Uh huh. And there was like a, um, it's like a kind of ninja room, uh, ninja tune tent, uh, and it was like, who my, it's like, a track was in there. He must have been like seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had to be hella young. He was like yeah. seven years old. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he was like, wicked, wicked, wicked. You're like, who is the seven year old? Yeah, he just That's come out of like, come out of the uh, the DMC thing. Yeah, yeah. And he was like super young, full of just, piss and vinegar. Crazy how him and Hudson <laughs> Mohawk like, yeah, he came was out like, of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Hudson Mohawk was a DMC champion. He was like yeah. a champion. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you, have you heard of this new kid? Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Cashmere Cat. I've heard that name. No, he played no. Lonely in a couple of weeks ago. He's from about Norway, I believe, but he's a DMC dude too. I love seeing yeah. that man. Like I was coming from a battle rap background. Yeah. Like I love seeing people that like cut their teeth on that crazy competitive shit because once you talk to them after that, they're just like, I don't ever want to go back there again. Yeah, yeah it's like rappers that can freestyle <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, it's yeah, like you no, and battling. Right. Yeah, like I don't like, know. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about you. I, I'm a different person now. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I hope to be. That's how I hope to be with music writing one day. That was a previous life. <laughs> I would be like, what? I don't, I'll never write about that again. I was never a blogger. <laughs> yeah, what blog? <laughs> <laughs> that's like the biggest insult you can get called though. It's like a blogger. A blogger. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a blogger. Yeah. It's like. What does it? What does it even mean? Yeah, it's like just it's like a nothing. unqualified journalist. Yeah, it's like a yeah. It's like I just use emoticons. I don't know, man. <laughs> Send space and emoticons. Some good ones out there, man. Some good blogs. Yeah, they're n less so though. I think now it's like shifting. Yeah. I think from there was like an there was like an early. It's like everything, you know. There's always like a glory period where it's like it's all independent and like and then like you know then everyone, everybody's like I gotta pay my bills. Yeah, and then <laughs> everyone who's good like either retires, goes to a big company, or like they get bought up. Except for my stupid yeah. blog, which like I'm. <laughs> I'm the only one that couldn't figure out how to make money mm. off of it, but you listen, lie, you listen lie to, to the passion of the ways, guys. Don't read your blog. <laughs> you read it? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a then there's a reason for this. <laughs> the crickets. Why'd you name um, yourself a bonobo? Yeah, I already uh, gave man. it a whole dis yeah. disclaimer yeah. about what a bonobo is. That, yeah, that's the other one that gets brought up every time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'm no different than the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? I did it as a. It, it was a quick decision. Yeah. I had this really stupid name because uh, I started making beats and I didn't really know what to call myself. Yeah. But Rob from True Thoughts was like, "We need to. We need to like go to. We need to like press this. We need to like you know yeah. do label copies and stuff. So you need a name. So I was going to go down to the. I went down to the library and the idea was to like pilfer one of the uh, Richard Kipling books. Yeah. Because I remember reading the Just So stories when I was a kid. And he had all these like stupid names for all these characters. So I was yeah. like, there was a couple in there, and I know which one. It, I couldn't find it. Mowgli. Was that, no, it's not. Nah, it's, that, it's Jungle just, Book. Yeah, yeah, but same, same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Still Richard Kipling. 
but um you know what it was a decision i just i was just reading about bonobos that so day, you could have been like ricky like, tiggy tops it was <laughs> almost boom slang which is a snake i love the boom slang. <laughs> yeah. it's an african tree snake yeah that's very yeah, venomous yeah, yeah. yeah so it must have been in the same section of the library because right yeah. next to it was a congolese chimp boom section slang with L-M-N-O. it was probably you probably were starting from the back man. you went boom slang and no actually yeah so yeah, next to boom same, slang was yeah. bonobo bonobo yeah so yeah. it must have been in that section of the library and mm-hmm. it's like they seem cool. Yeah. <laughs> they get laid a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they get no, I was saying earlier cool. how everyone's girlfriend likes your music. Like, like that's right. how I got introduced to it was through an ex-girlfriend, and like, oh, I, like cool. everyone I've talked to, like every musician, they're like, "Oh yeah, my girlfriend's a massive fan." Yeah. <laughs> Have so. you ever thought about like doing a remix of like the Chief Keef song "Love Sosa" and make it like "Love Bonobo"? <laughs> it's not bad. Now <laughs> I'm thinking about doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's a, you planted a seed now. Yeah, yeah, I think it should happen. Like this will if you can drop that before next Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can get that done. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we can like splice it with this bit here. Exactly. <laughs> oh, now, I was gonna say, um, it, it was interesting. I think too is like you've. Um, like re- like I'm sure I, I like that you resisted the urge to like y- you've kind of kept it pretty your evolution is, it seems like it's been organic throughout your career like you didn't have like a I'm gonna make dubstep I feel like a lot of people like yeah 2000 probably 2000 I mean now I was gonna care what, what did you think of dubstep were you a fan of it when it first came out I mean I was more into it when it kind of mutated into something a bit more interesting I think it went in two very distinct directions yeah into the sort of you know the big screeching bro step drop yeah <laughs> Is that big? Is that big in England? No, that never got big in England. Really? Yeah, only here. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's like, because it's like metal here. Well, man, like, that's it. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's like uh, this kind of whole EDM thing. It's like taking electronic music and turned it into hair metal. Yeah. And it's that notion of like, I think a lot of kids in every city, there's always going to be like a thousand kids who want to go out and like fist pump to bright lights. Totally. And, they, and, and, it's, yeah. and at the minute, it's kind of that. Yeah, you know, really into the kids, into the kids that liked it when it was like very simple. Yeah. As soon as they see that, yeah, the reason why they are like underground kids is because of whatever the older version of that is. As soon totally, as that, yeah. I seen that happen. I, mean, I don't think wind. these kids were listening to Code Nine. No. They weren't. They weren't listening to like you know, like Mala. Yeah. You know, just yeah, digital yeah. mystics or something. You know, but it's interesting how like like they say Mala has just done this uh, this Cuba record. I like this Cuba record. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of, that's the progression that dubstep needed. Totally, was to go move more into that. You know, yeah, all the Joker stuff, I, the Joker stuff, the Jemmy stuff, yeah, like uh, yeah. Guido stuff. I thought was you know, I know you're floating points. He's, he's yeah, up, yeah, yeah, but I think he's, yeah, I mean he's, he's great. Yeah, I mean. but I think it's that the, the thing that it misses in that whole abrasive strain of dubstep is the bass and the, and the, yeah. the movement and the soul came from the bass line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's no bass in it anymore well there's no dub in it anymore yeah there's no step in it either it's like just wobble <laughs> you know? yeah wobble yeah, the first time I heard it. wobble I was like no no that's like a dance that like, I was like that's like a 504 boy song dance. yeah, it was just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not what do you mean wobble just like, like call it something else yeah. and, and then good luck with it but you yeah. know stop calling yeah. it you know yeah I, Stop bringing dub into it, you know. Yeah. So you, outside, you're ta- talking about like you know you talk about two clubs, and I forgot the names already. Plastic people. Oh yeah, plastic people, which is kind of you know what you just mentioned. Floating points is kind of he. Yeah, uh, Fortet set from there was amazing. Yeah, though. yeah. So he, uh, yeah, Sam Love floating them. points and, and, and yeah. Fortet. They do like uh, you know they they have a regular thing in there. They, like Jamie XX gets in on that one. Mm-hmm. But it's um but that was uh, kind of the birth one of the birthplaces of of the original dubstep. Yeah. sound which like the, the forward yeah which was um 
yeah, it was like uh, Loafer and Scream and uh, but they when they were all super young as yeah. well and Mala. Um, but yeah, Forward and and uh, what was the other one? I think it was Bug in Brixton. Um, but yeah, that was like a Sunday night dance as well. So it was like yeah. it had that thing I'm where it started at seven. And I'm mystified like, that people can go out and so I have to go to something on like like a Dre's on the Sunday. It's like that dude Dave Nada who's like Moonbaton. Yeah, it's like Sunday. I got to cover it for a story. I'm writing for like the Washington Post and shit. And mm-hmm. it's like Sunday night at midnight. I'm like I would rather put a gun to my fucking head than be out at <laughs> Sunday at midnight. So yeah. This was like seven p.m. on a Sunday. Okay, so it was all done by twelve. So okay. that's that's, that's like reasonable. Du- that's like civilized do over status over here. Like yeah, yeah I can't go yeah, out on a Sunday. Over thing, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's tight. But yeah. yeah, that was a while ago. I mean, it's it's moved on a lot since then. I don't think that I don't know. It might still be. I haven't been there for a while. Yeah. Now, did you ever like feel any pressure to kind of do that, or you always kind of just in your own? No, I mean, I was excited by element. I've never sort of felt that I needed to fall into the sort of current zeitgeist because yeah. that's sort of it's a cynical move, and I think people can see it. But yeah. I never, I never wanted to do it anyway, you know. But I, you can have, there's always bits that you can sort of pick off from the sidelines. Totally you kind of like I'm really interested in this and yeah. certain sounds that sort of get really exciting and you can yeah put you it into your own into, into your own sort of style and just uh, it, t- it takes a lot of, we, we were probably going to say the same thing at the same time you go first Jeff no I was going to I had nothing I was I just was going to talk for the sake of talking okay <laughs> I was say it takes a lot like as an artist it takes a lot to like uh when there's a wave and there's a trend and being a dude like you seem industrious you know you can play instruments you seem like you're, you're in control of what you do you know to be able to to not just see something like oh i can do that too like yeah. i've seen guys like switch up in a matter of like weeks or what, yeah, whatever it's rare yeah. when it's like smooth you know? like where it, it's yeah out. yeah and i see it a lot as well you know people who kind of are all about one thing because it's very hype and then six months later yeah before they've even developed it they're like they're onto something else yeah Mm -hmm. and they're always one step behind yeah Yeah. behind the kids that were actually working on it in their room for eight months yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. just trying to jump just literally like you know jumping from one but like a lot of the time like it's not I mean a lot of the time I feel like it's when the young kid that got in it late ends up like making the most like Skrillex like made the most money yeah he got on dubstep like like third wave yeah, you know, but somebody said this. It might have been you. That like the the third guy is always a guy that makes. I was stealing money. from Blockhead, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's right. It's always the third dude that rips it off that gets the money. Because the second dude's like eh, not right, and then the, the third guy gets really? like third time lucky. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Would you sit down to its kind of most basic? Elements. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no dub, <laughs> no dub, no stop, <laughs> no dub, just no drop, <laughs> no dub, no style. Yeah, we're getting there. Like, where it's just gonna be all musical, just be just drop, drop, drop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how 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 is that possible musically? If, if the guy who writes that 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 work, well, there's no that's build. Just, that's just my drop. yeah. That's the thing about <laughs> sort of you know. That's a, that's, a, that's a, I think there's a piece somewhere I was reading about the, the idea of like dance music is supposed to be based on repetition. Yeah, and not on sort of this whole drop thing where the, most of the track is just like some superfluous build up to yeah. this moment where you know yeah. where, it's almost they, where like the glitter can just fall from yeah, the ceiling yeah. and the molly it's, kicks it in it just feels like yeah. Pro- yeah. the moon rocks I don't know the moon rocks <laughs> kick in yeah. yeah no I didn't even finish that story but yeah that was like uh, I basically was told before you came like I, I had moon rocks this yeah, week you know what the moon rock is you know what the moon rock is yeah you know what the moon rock is maybe you I know the moon rock I'm the only dude I have an idea what a moon rock well, is well there was LA Weekly had this big story about it and it was about how this Katie Bain shout out to Katie uh, could not uh, find moon rocks and it was like, about, like this wonder drug and then like the next weekend I, like it just kind of it just popped up yeah well once the LA Weekly writes about it a drug dealer goes and finds a connect 
Yeah, no, I think he, this yeah. guy that had it before. I don't uh, want to say his name on the air because he's a great. Don't say his name. I would never say his name on the air. Come on, but he's yeah. a great drug dealing connect. Shout out, guy. His name I can't say. <laughs> what? You? Everyone needs one of those. Shout out to my connect. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> First of all. First of um, all, with all due respect. <laughs> with all due respect. Um, let's talk about your new record because um, that's why you were gracious enough. I'm pretty sure, unless you're just doing podcast interviews like left and right for fun. Yeah. North borders. I, I I'm not just saying that because you're here. I really I I was saying before you got here. It, it might be my favorite of your records. Actually. Oh wow! Yeah, thanks, man. That means a lot. I mean, if it's yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of I can't even hear it. I've been trying to have I've been trying not to listen to it for the last yeah couple of weeks. Do you trying, get try and get some perspective? Do you get like that? You like love it, and then like a week later you hate yeah. it, and you never want to listen to it again. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like the best thing I've ever done. And then I listen back to it in the morning. It's like this is shit. <laughs> Like, what was I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> but then I love it again, you know. And yeah, you play yeah. it to someone, and then they like it, and they're like, "Okay, it's good." Yeah, you know. And sometimes it takes actually someone else to listen to it and yeah. to I, say, "Like, I really like this." To actually, like, yeah, you know what? It's all right. I never get that about rappers when, like, I'll interview them. Like, what do you listen to? They're like, mostly myself. I'm like, how do you listen to yourself? Yeah, do you listen to yourself? Uh, this is what I do. I, I, I record a song, right? Yeah, and so I, I go and I record like this, this like s- skeleton or a demo. And I listen to that a lot. Uh-huh. And then for like maybe like a week. Uh-huh. And then, you know, like maybe a couple times a day. Yeah. You know, my wife will catch me. I'll turn it off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, are you listening to yourself? Yeah. And then I go no. in like the next weekend. And then I just, I finish that song. And then I never listen to it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, do that until I have an album or a mixtape or something. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way. Then you worked with Erica Badu on that. How did that come about? Yeah. Um, Sounds good. It came from, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I we had should to play it. I, I mean, are we allowed to play it? Or it's yeah. not, I don't think it's. Yeah, I mean, if you've got it, you, you should play it. Yeah, I think you should play I it. I think people have been playing it anyway. It's it's all over. It's up on, like, Radio Rips or up on YouTube. Yeah. Actually, okay. Giles Peterson played it. Okay. And then he, you know, that got ripped. He got yeah. the name wrong. Is it on? <laughs> and then it's, it's mislabeled all over the internet now. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that happened from. I mean, um, it took a while to kind of get. You know, the thing with Erica, she was really. She's firstly about the music. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she was she was into the idea of. She was into the idea of it, but you know, she was she was only going to commit if the track was right, mm-hmm. which is a. I think there's a great way of going into a project like that. So you know, if you're just a hundred percent about the tune, if the tune's yeah. right, then she's down yeah. with it. But um, so yeah, once we had the tune, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of uh, met her a few times last year, like various, you know, we were kind of at the same festivals, and we kind of got introduced to. You. Was there like a magical glowing aura around her? Because that kind of is. She a kind of bit, is. But I, she yeah, has a low yeah. end theory. Do you? You met her, right? She. Uh, I met her and Bjork in the same quarter. Wow. Wow. And Bjork came to low end theory. Nah, I met Bjork at the Roxy, I believe, or at the one one of the sometime mm-hmm. on Sun in Hollywood. But uh, it was the same. And then I, I had this b- babysitter for my kids, but mm-hmm. she was a really, really, really great girl. And they all had this, they all remind me of the same person. Like, you know, like they're just like, uh, like super childlike, but you know, they're like, yeah. they're sharp too. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. mm-hmm. high artistic intelligence, but like, yeah. yeah. But no, but then they're like, she's like, from what I understand, like, you Both know. Both sides of the brain yeah. are yeah, active. Like fully you know. expressive. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I run my business, but I can also, yeah. like, talk shit and, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. be, I can like, also draw whole cities from memory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy who can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the kind of, yeah, that's that sort of. But, um, Christopher yeah. Hitchens. That, Did you just <laughs> Google that? <laughs> no, no, no. Just like, wait, yeah, it's. 
say. Yeah, so you were saying? I don't know. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah, you met you met uh, Bjork and Erica Bach. Oh, I'm saying no, I'm saying uh, I'm saying they're magical people. I just like them. Play this up. Play the song. All right, let's play the song right now. <laughs> this is uh, play, uh kill the awkwardness. Heaven for the sinner. Is that the right title or is that yes. the wrong title? Yeah, right, yeah, that's cool. the one. We'll play that right now. Shots fired. Heaven for the sinner. And that song was called What Jeff Said. Yeah. What I Said. Yeah. I don't remember anymore. My brain is rattled. All the right words in the right order. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe the internet. (laughs) 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 Which I... Everyone does believe the internet. No, it's... Yeah, and again, I found that out the hard way with stories where I'll use Wikipedia and think that it's like... It's not right. It's it's not right. Believe nothing you read in the paper, but everything you read on the internet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's so true, right? Like, I'm like, I don't believe in the media, but yeah, like, you but believe. I do believe in some dude on the internet. Yeah, I was on this message board. <laughs> I'm just We're, saying, like, money, like, like, money moves a lot of things, right? And see, like, in, with print, there's like, there's money. It takes money to to make this. It costs money, yeah. and I think that would be more true than something that anybody that had no money and just had like walk into a library. I can walk into a library right now and change Jesus's whole backstory on Wikipedia. Yeah, you no, know, it's true. Like so, yeah. Stephen Colbert's done that. I think Stephen Colbert's. But he, there yeah. used to actually be like more. I think uh, the press used to be actually a little more reliable because they used to have like fact checkers, and now like most of these publications I write for, they don't yeah. even have fact checkers. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a fact checker, and you're the copy. Some of them don't yeah. even have copy editors. Well, they just clutching now aren't they because physical print is so threatened yeah like, it's kind of you know it's trying to find its own justify yeah. its own way its own existence you know are you in like an internet person or are you trying to stay away from it but i, I mean to what degree i mean i, mean, I'm, I'm, I, I like, assume you don't read blogs no so i mean i i, I like music I like music blogs that's my kind yeah. of thing you know i'm on on you know i have a whole list that i just kind of stop by regularly uh-huh but I don't, you know, I don't sort of do much kind of blog reading yeah. as much. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I feel like a lot of artists that do that, I feel like are very, like, consumed by whatever is the current trend because they're yeah. just constantly, like, you know, I'm always, me- like, mesmerized when artists can do it. Like, Danny Brown t- once told me that all he would do is how he would write lyrics. He would be like, he would be at his computer and he'd have, like, the fader open, pitchfork open, and he'd be, like, have a word file where he'd be writing lyrics and he'd be, like, on Adderall and high. And I'm like, and he would write. Album. I'm like, how did you do that? Wow. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah, that's that's. Crazy. But I, I think Danny was like, he's a rare breed. Uh, at, at the time, it's like an older guy with a method. You know, he's just like, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna make sure that I don't age. I'm gonna be about the now. Yeah, you know? I know he's so honest though. That's what I like about his stuff. Is, do you ever listen to Danny Brown stuff? 
Not enough. Yeah, he's got like um, definitely a grime. He's a big grime fan, actually. Yeah. yeah Everybody my age, dude, every rapper my age, no matter what you think, they're grime fans. He's kind of like the American Dizzy Rascal, I think, in some ways, okay. Danny Brown. Would you say? I know, the with the voice and kind of like, he loves it. I mean, loved Dizzy Rascal. Yeah. It was like his favorite. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Def Jux put out that Dizzy Rascal record in America. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was math really? English. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a big record. Yeah. yeah. Um, not Boy in the Corner, but I think it was the... Uh, math and English. That was the first math and English, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the second one. Yeah, that was kind of the more the crossover kind of... Yeah. Sort of, but I wasn't... Yeah. Same with, like, Wiley, though. He's kind of, you know, he'll do, like, a crossover. He'll do, like, a big pop record. He'll get to yeah. number one in the UK. Uh-huh. And then he'll do, like, so, so proper out shit. there. He'll do, like, yeah. one for the charts uh, and then one for the streets. I wish more yeah, American rappers did that stuff. Well, they that's what Biggie did. Like, yeah. Biggie did those when those 12 inches. It, it'd be, like, you know, fucking one more chance on one side. And I forgot what the B-side that was. But it was probably, like, give me the loot or something. Yeah, you know, I, I would like, cut I would cut any rapper. Side. I mean, like, I don't care if they put out, like, the cheesiest, like, or, you know, but you have to put out something that, yeah, like... Yeah, you have to do something that's, like, progressive. Yeah, and, shows that you're not just, like... Well, it's so funny because, like, the one rapper that breaks in America is, like, Tiny Tempa. Yeah. That's like right. the one rapper, and I was like, "Oh yes. my god!" Like a whacker Lupe Fiasco breaks. <laughs> yeah, fuck. That's so many dope dudes like Kano. I'm like, I was big yeah, Kano. Man, Kano's nuts. Smoothest voice. Yeah, <laughs> his stuff was great. Yeah, uh, they did that tune together actually. Who? Wiley and Kano. Wiley and Kano. Was that one about? Uh, damn, I don't remember what it is, but yeah. I, I used to watch the freestyles. I remember they're like sitting on a, you know, sitting in, in like a hallway or whatnot, hoodies, hoodies up and shit, and like, you know, going back and forth freestyling. And like, Kano was really young at the time. But it, it was it like, I don't know, man. I looked at that and I was like, dude, this reminds me of like, you know, I, I'm, I came from Project Bloat originally. Like, this reminds me of Project Bloat, but for over there, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it's good, especially for like a, like a young rapper to be like, oh, like, like this is happening here also their cadences were like completely and like the patterns were so different from like America especially for you I bet because you're rhyming over like like the when you were rhyming over the low and theory beats like oh yeah that uh, that all that grime shit totally prepared me for that you know but I think there a lot of stuff like they they're like like doing a lot of stuff that sounded like you know like dance hall kind of yeah yeah well there's that Jamaican influence well exactly I think that's that's a lot I think dubstep has a lot to do with that as well a lot of kind of music that comes out of the UK is Informed by that Jamaican, yeah, sound clash culture, Jamaican, too. yeah, the sound, yeah, exactly, the sound system culture in London and the Jamaican culture in London yeah. informs all of that, you know? yeah, and yeah. the language and everything. Yeah, I was actually reading. I'm reading a book right now called Bass Culture, and it's all about yeah, Lloyd Bradley. It's an amazing it's book, a great book. Yeah, I'm reading a story on King Tubby, so it's like ah, it's yeah. like the the great thing about a book is like even he admits that by the time it gets to the 80s. It's kind of like, well, the best stuff has happened now. So yeah. Like, well, you said the best yeah. stuff happened. Obviously, he never. The 80s, obviously, he never heard Mad Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of. I mean, for me, like the yeah. like Jamaican music was always sort of pr- like kind of pre-Rasta, like rock steady and scar. Yeah. And that kind of the sort you know it was like Motown filtering down and then yeah being reinterpreted on that kind of upbeat thing yeah like, that was I mean it was pretty fascinating to me to figure out like how like the influence of like where like you don't think like the American music would have in, like but it was they, I mean like I think I said this before but like they were they were, you know they'd play like Duke Ellington at like you know early mm-hmm. dance hall parties I can hear them Charlie horns. Parker I can yeah, hear them yeah. horns in there I can see yeah, that the horns yeah yeah, yeah. It, was like, yeah it was like 
ballads but just with that sort of like super heavy yeah and it's crazy too because then it goes to Ethiopia production. and then the Ethiopians start like whereas the Jamaicans were so influenced by the Ethiopians with the whole like mythology and like you know Abyssinia and all that stuff and then yeah you know I think this re- this happens all the time once one culture gives it like a nod of respect to another culture like you know like oh like we as Americans fuck with that you know <laughs> and then like yeah. like the London thing you know like yeah. oh like a few artists say oh my favorite band is a whoop to whoop this crew from London here then like immediately like that starts to get, get more credit from their fans and then I think that's yeah. kind of how the pendulum swings a little bit yeah. you know yeah and I love it man it's great when that happens yeah mm-hmm. so tell me more about the album like was there like a you know what was what was like the process like for, for the record? Was well, it it's kind of the same ones? with same with all of them really. Isn't mm-hmm. it? It's not so much a kind of manifesto like I'm going to make this record and mm-hmm. it's about this. It's more of a kind of punctuation. Uh-huh. You know, when I feel like I've I have enough music uh-huh. that I feel kind of sits together. And once I've started kind of getting some, I think when I'm about halfway through it, that's when I kind of understand where it needs to go to be a whole record. Uh-huh. Um, Did you make it in New York or in London? In New York. So did you feel like the different kind of New York energy? Well, I don't well, a friend of mine that like, he was kind of, you know, he was like, you're going to make your London record in New York. And I think that's pretty much what happened. Wow, because you're missing home or what? No, just because, you know, the, what you're informed by is still with you for that year that you're making the records. You know? yeah. So I hadn't been in New York, or I hadn't been sort of influenced by New York enough to get any... Yeah. But and at that same respect, I still, you know... I still think I still consider that that I have a foot in London. I still feel. I mean, obviously, I go there and now, and everything's moving on a little bit, and I'm kind of feel like I'm out of out of the loop a little bit in London. Mm-hmm. But um, it's always kind of great to get you know to go back there. And, like everything's in Southland. Everything's like all the good parties are in Peckham now, rather than they used to be in there, East London. And yeah, it's kind of different stuff going through. But um, but yeah, I think to be honest, I when I moved to New York, I um. I was conscious that I wasn't in London anymore and I was like on the on the blogs mm-hmm. more than I was I felt like I was paying more attention to London than I was when I was actually living there yeah because I didn't want to be sort of you know yeah out the loop yeah I didn't want London to be sort of moving on not to know what was going yeah. on what part of New York are you living uh, I'm in Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy okay Bedford Stuyvesant home of, home, of yeah. home of Biggie Smalls yeah two yeah. blocks Michael from, Jordan too in fact you know you've seen the um Dave Chappelle's block party. Yeah, yeah. And the, that house. Oh wow! I live on that block there. Oh, that's cool. That's tight. He's yeah. touring with. Chris, he's gonna maybe tour with Chris Rock. Yeah, I, I seen that. Yeah, I seen it. Like- <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about it though. I mean, how could you not feel good about that? I don't know, man. I mean, I know he's not out of practice because he's been doing those crazy. Yeah. Like, I saw him once do like stints. a random like pop up. Yeah, yeah. It was like not that good because it was like just like a testing out material kind of thing. Yeah, but you know, when I don't, I don't like to see people that aren't aren't in fighting form. Yeah, play and like yeah. on, on that big stage. Yeah, because you know, like I don't want him to soil that you know the reputation in front of like Chris Rock's crowd is still buzzing. Chris Rock is dope as fuck. Yeah, he'll, he'll like he'll do like a, a YouTube skit with like some kid. You know, like he he's and he's always funny and everything. My he friend does. Barry is like he's like bring the pain as the great American novel. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I you know I just don't want to see one of my heroes, Dave Chappelle, embarrass himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. that's up, that's uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might not be that serious. I might I'm be more sure be, be, be well, more dramatic. What's the name of the North Borders? Where does that come from? Um, I mean, I guess kind of continue is like a continuation from Black Sands. It's just mm-hmm. this sort of nicely ambiguous kind of reference to the sort of outer limits of mm-hmm. territorial kind of 
you know, Black Sands was kind of... Uh, I guess it's just the imagery of that last yeah. outpost somewhere out in the mist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... Um, just kind of the idea of like exploration is that something you kind of come to after yeah. you make the song or yeah, it, yeah definitely yeah i mean but people always sort of put a big emphasis like what's it mean the name of this thing yeah. you know, put an emphasis i mean they're always called like july tune two yeah or like new track 17 yeah until like i sit down and yeah. go, right, you're not just sitting there and like thinking of like i, I yeah. saw black sand in this hallucinogenic <laughs> dream it's like the yeah. door it's like the wayne's world black sands i just kind of yeah. found i just wrote down a load of words and just started trying to put them all together yeah black sands kind of felt like it kind of uh it was originally going to be called Black energy. Sandwich. Yeah. It was like an over-toasted panini. <laughs> and then, you know, he was like, wait, no, wait. wait like, so got it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so it comes out April 2nd? Yeah, April 1st or 2nd. April 1st or 2nd. I prefer April 2nd. On Ninja Tune. Yeah. We could play one more song, too. Shout out to Ninja Tune. Yeah. Somebody yeah. buy this motherfucking record. Yeah. Yeah. They should. Our fans. Yeah, buy should it. Should do it. Yeah. yeah. You guys aren't the buying man, The man could be in LA chilling. He came down to the studio. Nobody wants to come down to the studio. No, it's like you got to wait five come flights. Come to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would tape him in my pajamas with my cat if I could. Yeah. He's a good, yeah. That's Scott Fitzgerald the cat. Yeah, did you, is your cat cool now? Wasn't your cat yeah, he's sick? good. He was sick, but now he's better. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I don't know. It was, I was like going to spend like <laughs> every time I had to save my, my stray cat. I was afraid to tell you this when, when you know when the cat yeah, was sick but yeah. I was like I think maybe your cat ate weed cause like my friend's cat ate weed uh, he might have ate weed yeah, 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 yeah he might have cause I, some weed mysteriously disappeared once uh-huh, yeah. yeah but he hates I always he doesn't like weed I don't think yeah I mean I, you know, I didn't try to get him high I swear <laughs> you're like looking at me like I don't know sus face but, you know, but he's yeah no nah, he's been in the vicinity I don't think he always leaves when I'm when I'm getting high yeah yeah. He to, he <laughs> one of us has to be responsible he wanted to try it out <laughs> somebody's gotta fucking pay the rent it's gonna be him yeah alright well is there one more song you think we should uh, play are you a favorite or well I mean I think uh, Sirius has already been out for a little bit so maybe people know that one there's another one that I played on my boiler room set from about a year ago um, that people have always been asking about um, which is Sapphire
This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. <laughs>